Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark, CEO of Leadershipity, CEO of Aim for NL. We do NIL education. And most people know me because I'm an international speaker and coached in Major League Baseball for 13 years with three World Series and coaching that. But today is all about my special guest, Jamie Middleman. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm awesome. After that pump up, I am ready to go. Yeah, let's go. Like, yeah, let's get the pump up and then let's run through some walls. You know, I love having former athletes on the show and you're just so engaged in it now with flame bears and making a big difference for women athletics. And man, I, look, you guys tell us all about flame bears because this is really big deal, folks. So I'm super excited about Jamie's heart and where she's at today because she is just taking her experiences and raising it to another level and she's doing it and having impact on the entire world especially the, my world right of athletics which i really appreciate and so jamie real quick before you tell us about flame bears tell them where they can find you Sure. Flamebears.com. So this is flame as in the fire that is in the Olympic torch and bears as in the people who carry it. So flamebears.com. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Wow. That is awesome. And Jamie, you were coming to us live from Boston, Mass today. Is that right? You got it. Yeah. I don't want to hear about all your sports teams <laughs> that kick butt and win everything. Not this Everyone's year. Everyone's tired of you Boston folks like winning everything, you know, like, but all right. So Let's get into this. First of all, um, I want to introduce you, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about Flame Bears. A Middlebury, New Hampshire college soccer player, which is so exciting. Grew up around just outside the Boston area, three-sport athlete. Knew you were, hey, headed to college to play sports. Sports has always been intertwined in your life. Then you head off after school, media communications, stay in that, in the sports world, which is awesome. But then you come back, do an MBA at Dartmouth. Then an MPA at Harvard. So, you know, this brain is filled with a lot of education, Jamie. You got some, you got some cash in this brain. Like, tell me a little bit about that journey there. Well, I, I hope so. Unfortunately, I've had seven concussions. So unclear on how much of it is actually stuck. But yes, at, at some point, the knowledge yeah. has gone in. So yeah, background is in media communications. Always been really passionate about working with women and girls. And sports is honestly been some of my greatest moments of joy, but then also some of my worst moments of, you know, trepidation and fear and anguish. So yeah. I knew it was kind of where I wanted to work. It's, it's when I wake up in the morning and I'm pumped about, it's also yeah. kind of what I, you know, get out of bed on a tough day and I'm and annoyed about. 
So it kind of consumes me on a daily basis. I love that. You know, when everyone thinks, hears anguish and trepidation, who doesn't want to do that? Right? Like, <laughs> I, I was at a meeting with the entrepreneur organization this week and a friend of mine, Michael Elias, who owns Common Citizen, he was talking about as an entrepreneur, I'm 80%, I'm angry 80% of the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, like that was another one that hit me like, you know, in the ear hole. And I was like, is that true? And then I thought, yeah, that's right. Actually, as a business owner, I'm angry 80% of the time. Stuff's not going my way. 100%. People always glorify entrepreneurship. I am angry or frustrated or pissed off or feeling like I am struggling, I'd say 90% of the time. Yep. 10% are home runs and out of the park. But yes. that other, the rest of it, the majority, not easy. Not easy. And let's talk about these concussions real quick. Seven, <laughs> all from soccer or different sports? To be honest, none playing soccer. So I think this just goes, it, I know. It's You're going cool. against the grain here. Everyone's going <laughs> soccer. There's so many concussions. You can't no, play. And no. here's a kid. And you've been playing since you were probably five, six years I, old. Exactly. Right? Right. And all the way through a very high level high school, mm -hmm. then into college, you know, this is a four year, you know, full commitment of practices and boots to the face, you know, not right. uncommon. Like we all love the corners until, you know, there's a boot in the ear hole. Right. Right. And so explain how the seven hit without ever actually a soccer ball involved or a cleat. Totally. So one thing I was actually a walk on, I was recruited to other schools and then I ended up walking away my sophomore year because I was not the best dynamic on the team for me. But okay. that said, honestly, all doing things I didn't know how to do. So soccer, I got it, never got a single concussion. Things like playing hockey at, at Dartmouth. Had no idea what I was doing, was skating backwards, got deck concussion. Slipping down the stairs on wet stairs in the winter when I was running. I got taken out by a messenger bike in New York City when going to the office with my lunch. Heels off, head, you know, feet above my head. Yeah. Yard Exactly. Yard sale. Things like that where, you know, you're not planning for it. But unfortunately, as, as you probably know, after a couple concussions, they get easier to have. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a soft head. Hopefully <laughs> I'm keeping some of the knowledge and, and stuff in there. But yes, I'm my friends actually made a helmet for me. So I, I have a Jamie's going out helmet that I wear. <laughs> ah. Well, I also I also know that, you know, you're in love with a grappler. And yes. uh, so don't go <laughs> wrestling around too hard. All right. Like I don't want, you know. Your soft, soft landing on the map might be too much for that soft head. So I love that. That's so cool. Now, one thing that most people don't know about you is you have been this person around athletics your whole life, yep. you did this job in media communications. And then, you know, their first request is, hey, let's go out and do an interview with this Olympic athlete. Yeah. And you're like, wait, <laughs> what? Like terror. Yeah. like nearly freezes you up in this deal. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to manage this. Walk, walk us through that event. Sure. So this is when I was getting my master's of policy at Harvard. And I had started Flame Bears and had to actually just hop on an interview with, you know, a Paralympic gold medalist, Nikki Nieves. She was the first athlete that I, I got behind the mic with. And, you know, I actually had imposter syndrome where I was thinking, okay, this is one of the best athletes in the world. You know, she's a, a Nike ambassador. She's, you know, on the board of world volleyball. And I had to do some calming down before. And it's, it's not something I'm proud of, but I think, I think it's something that people need to hear because people look at kind of where I am today. And, and I guess, supposedly impressed. But I think in the beginning, and still at times today, when I talk to big athletes like a Castor Semenya or a Sue Bird, I definitely am kind of quaking in my pants over here. So I had to 
calm myself down a little bit before that first interview. Hundreds of athletes later, I'm feeling good now, but definitely that first first round was a little intimidating. Well, I've seen it a lot in my world, right? Pro sports, you know, there's admiration for people we look up to. And uh, I like to say, you know, like times, by the way, that's not always warranted, right? If you really knew the person themselves, like, eh. but there is a lot of accomplishment. And I think that we really have an honor for the pain of discipline and what it takes to get to that level and the sacrifices and totally. the efforts that have been made to become, you know, an Olympic or a world champion. And, you know, we, we admire it. And I, I think it's a natural thing to be a little bit in awe of someone going, wow, especially from someone like you and I, Jamie, who have, you know, we've really spent the time, right? Yep. We've spent the time sweating and working to get to another level and realizing that we get to a certain level and it was a long way from world champion, right? Yeah. And like right. going like, man, I thought like I worked pretty hard. Like, how hard did he or she work to get this thing? Totally. Like, you know, it's like, dang, this is another level. So I, I really have uh, an honor for that. That's pretty cool. Let's jump into a little bit of, you know, the show Winners Find a Way, right? Yep. And I love the quote, Jamie, winners when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. Take us back to a time where you've had, you know, challenge in your life. You're staying. I mean, I don't know if you knew like, hey, I'm going to be 13. I'm going to know this great media dynamic company that <laughs> just expresses and, and shares the positive of these women athletes that have created just not massive at all. impact and value. Cause this is who I'll be when I'm 30 years old, right? Like 35, um, but thank you. <laughs> you're what? 25? 35. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, all right. Like, yeah, I was going to say, hey. yeah, well not looking at a day over 25. I'll tell you that oh. Jamie's you're awesome. So <laughs> this is what, Hey, this is the power of health and wellness. Right. And, I, and yeah. we learned that along the way. Let's talk about one of those challenges challenges you faced in your life? Sure. I'm going to have to go with the greatest challenge that I had was losing my dad. Mm. So I lost my dad seven years ago. He had brain cancer, incurable. It's called a glioblastoma from diagnosis to his passing with five months. And wow. he was my greatest role model. He was my soccer coach growing up. Yep. Um, he actually was a soccer player in college as well. Him and my mom taught me how to ski. We had a very active family growing up. And I, what was so challenging for me about losing my dad beyond the, the traditional, you know, familial love connection, all that other stuff is he always inspired me and pushed me to go for what I really wanted. And it was upon his passing that I realized, frankly, I'd been a chicken shit with my career, mm. that I had worked for companies or organizations and taken the safe way, that I had really not stepped out of the box and gone for what I actually wanted to do which is why I started my company, which is, so I think it was actually through love and admiration and trying to honor my dad's memory. So really through being depressed and really saddened by one of my greatest role models that I had got the courage to step up and kind of go for what I wanted. But that was not an overnight transition. I went through months of grieving, trying to figure out what this all means. And it was kind of honoring him that I came to the foundation into the idea of developing this company. I love that, Jamie. That's a, you know, there's so much good that comes out of hard and tough things, right, in our life. And man, you know, I lost my father a little bit ago and I really appreciate that. That's such a, it's impactful, right? You know, 28 years old at the time. And I, I really- How old I was too, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. You were 28 and oh, right. yeah, I was I was much older, <laughs> okay. much older. I was like, wow, right? yeah, well, I was much older. Yeah. <laughs> 
And so, you know, you're 28 at this time. And I really like appreciate the fact that you're saying like, Hey, this isn't what my dad taught me. He, he never taught me like, Hey, you know, play it safe, you know, don't go hard to the box, you know, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to make something happen. You got to go for it. Right. Like, uh, there's no reward for the timid souls. Right. Exactly. And so, man, and you're and, and then the recognition that, Hey, I really haven't done that. I really haven't done that. Do you think that, let me ask you this because you clearly admire this man. You love him. He's close to you. Did your dad ever say when you were 25, like, Hey, Jamie, why you got one foot on the bench? What are you going to (laughs) actually go out in the pitch pitch and get the uni dirty? Or like, did did he ever kind of give it to you? Like, or was he like, I love you. You're my daughter. Like I'm loving you unconditionally. Like whatever your choices, I'm not going to say whether I agree with them or not. It's not my place to judge. Tell me how he managed. Oh no. If I asked him, he would weigh in. He never weighed in on, it it would be more if I asked him for feedback on my job or a boy I was dating or piece of homework I turned in, he would 100% give it to me real. And he'd say, you know, I don't think this person is right for you for these reasons, or, you know, this job is fine, but here's how it could be better. The idea of becoming an entrepreneur, frankly, never even crossed my mind before losing my dad. And to be honest, I don't know if he would have called that for me because I'm such a team oriented person. I'm the person who thrives, you know, going into an organization, establishing relationships, working within a big team. So I don't know if he would have called that for me, to be honest. Mm. That said, you know, it's, I've jumped in, you know, head first and I'm going for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will tell you from my experience, great entrepreneurs are great team builders. Mm. Actually, it might be their superpower, right? Because when I see a lot of friends and a lot of the work that I do at high levels with the top 1%, they are owning multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar operations. They have yep. high goals. But one of those things that always comes back to is taking care of my team, having yeah. a team where they love to come and be a part of is instrumental in a lot of people's and, and a lot of people have impact goals around how many lives they touch and good teams create greater impact, right? Exactly. So they really get that and they marry that that up. And so I, I think you're right where you should be, Jamie. I think you're, I think you're doing a great job. And so Thank I'm you. excited, uh, you know, for future of flame bearers, but let's come back to another thing. Where did you think you were going to be? You know, if you were a 15 year old kid, Jamie yeah. Middleman, three port star just outside of Boston and all these yeah. sports. And you're thinking like, what did you see for yourself of 30 year old Jamie? I thought I was going to go work for an athletic wear company, like a Nike, like a Lululemon and work in their strategy team or something in, in corporate social responsibility or marketing. That's where okay. I saw myself. That said, having, you know, graduated, become a little seasoned in the media world, worked with within a massive corporation, I found that there were things that I didn't like. And Mm. I never worked directly with a Nike or a Lululemon, but I found a lot of lessons that I think apply. And that is within massive corporations, you have to do what your boss tells you, whether or not you agree with it, that there's priorities that you don't necessarily agree with that you have to execute on, that big organizations are not exactly nimble, that the frequently very slow moving. And that doesn't really speak to me. I'm the type of person who sees something in the world and I want to react to it. So there was a lot of things that I I learned through my experience that I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to, maybe those aren't the right places for me anymore. Yeah. So you're basically saying you're a bad employee. <laughs> Unfortunately, I never, I never got that title. I somehow yeah. managed to win, to, to do quite well, but that was kind of some of the things that drove me away from that world. If I'm going to be it's honest. It's funny. I say that because <laughs> so many entrepreneurs, me included, by the way, 
<laughs> I look back and go, I was kind of a lousy employee. <laughs> like I saw things that needed to be repaired. I'm like, we got to fix this. We got to do it. Like, this yeah. isn't okay. Like, I don't know who thought this was a good idea, but we got to get this thing right. <laughs> you know? So, you know, then I'm probably fighting alignment and there's two sides mm -hmm. on that, right? Because the one side is alignment's not communicated well and clarified. Mm -hmm. So we can all, you know, go in the same direction. The other side is, is who am I at my level to decide this is the direction we got to go, right? Right. So, you know, I don't know. I probably thought I was kind of a big deal and they didn't. So, you know, like, yeah, that's the challenge. They were wrong. They were wrong. Well, I mean, when you work for big companies, you know, it was very intriguing. You know, when I was with the Angels, we were Disney employees. Mickey Mouse was on my check. Right. Wow. I was like, wow, I have a Mickey Mouse check. So, which was kind of a funny when I was a kid, like, yeah, what are you getting Mickey Mouse money? You know, you go to Disneyland. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I actually have a check with Mickey Mouse. On. So it was a different world. And, and I learned a lot from being in big corporate and also dealing with big corporate about 100%. walking a path and it's a long game. It's, you can't play the short game. And I certainly have never understood like, Hey, we're we're making this decision because of the stockholders, not because it's the right thing. <laughs> like, wait, what? Like, what? No one thinks this is a good idea, but you know, the stockholders, stockholders really agree yeah. with it. So it's like, yeah. you got to appease people that aren't actually even in the business, but they That's are true. owners, right? A stockholder is an owner. So yeah, it was a real challenge. I really appreciated that. So you decide to come out take a step out and and do this. Now, I want to dive into a little bit Jamie as a as an athlete. Yeah. And you know, man, you're the daughter of an athlete, you're or athletes and Yeah, too. Um, My mom was an athlete too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're daughter of these athletes. So they have a real feel for time management, prioritization, all those things we learn through years of sport about really what's important and what's not. I mean, yep. we really know what helps us win and maybe what may help us win, but it may, may not mean, may not matter. Right. And so we really prioritize some things. And I want to talk about like, after you go through these years of education, now, what do you think is the most important that allows you to be the successful flame bear that allowed you to be a successful corporate media communication pair, get through Harvard, get through Dartmouth. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've really tested yourself in some in some strenuous environment. Yeah. And I love that, by the way, and probably weren't fearful of those environments. Is that fair? That is fair. I wouldn't say fearful. I, I, I had to kind of slap myself a couple of times when I got my acceptance to Harvard and be like, oh, this is actually for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, th yeah. That, that was as a Boston girl being born and raised hearing yes. about Harvard. That was pretty cool. 100%. Three things. The first is surrounding yourself with a team. So I could not have gotten to where I am without the support of mentors, advisors. I have a team of seven people who now work with me on Flame Bears, each of whom plays a crucial role in our success. And I think that, you know, a lot of people view me as, as the solo founder of Flame Bears and they give me a lot of the credit, but really every award we receive, it's built on the backs of this entire group and people who, who are not on the team, but who advise me, who introduce me to people. So that's number one. Number two is looking for the blank space. So this is actually something that my dad always talked to me in soccer in terms of where you're going to pass the ball. Look for the opportunities. Don't look for where the defenders are. So in terms of business perspective, historically, 96% of sports media goes to male athletes. So that means there is a ton of opportunity of blank space around 
female athletes. That means less than 4% of sports media goes to female athletes. So there's not a lot of players in that game. So from an entrepreneurship perspective, looking where the opportunity or where that blank space is has been one of my greatest strengths. And the third is no doesn't mean no forever. It means not today. So when you get a rejection, when someone says, no, I don't think this is perfectly aligned, not taking that personally, not going home and crying, or fine, if you do, you know, setting a time meter for it and saying, okay, now my 10 minutes is up, get over it. And instead saying, okay, what can I use? What, how can this be a learning opportunity? And how can the next time around, I get a maybe or even a yes? Yeah, I love that. You know, and I think it's one of the things that athletes get better than anybody. No is okay. Like, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a baseball guy, right? Like mm -hmm. we get denied 70% of the time and you're a hero. You're right? a hero. <laughs> you know, like, hey, I got, I got it right three out of 10. <laughs> and so, you know, you learn and, but it's what you do with the seven that you get, like to make it get right on the three is exactly. every time it doesn't work out, it's a reevaluation. What could I have done better from a sales perspective? I love the no with no is a great answer. I will absolutely take you off my list. You will get no more energy. I will stop <laughs> pursuing you. I right. will focus on my next yes. And now I've taken you out of the mix, which is so important. Totally. Maybe is actually my worst answer because I don't want to maybe because how much energy I've lost to months of maybes <laughs> to just get the no because they were too nice to not to just give me the no yeah. three months ago. Just say no if you mean no. Yeah, Nancy <laughs> Reagan, just say no, man. Like, like uh, I guess that was on drugs. But you know, like it's such, I have found no to be a fabulous answer. It does take a level of skin. And I am still the guy who needs a raincoat. Like I need a better yeah. raincoat. Like no hurts me a little bit. I'd like to let it roll off a little better, you know? But I think your 10 minute timer is a good one. Yep. Like, hey, yeah. listen, I really wanted this. And you know what? For 10 minutes, I'm going to vent and I'll call a buddy and go, you know what? That company doesn't know what they're missing. You know, like, and that's great. Like, let it out. But then, hey, timer's off. I'm on the next thing. Exactly. That is such a great lesson for people out there. The other thing I want to text on these three rules, which is so great. I like the blank space for people that don't know and don't watch enough soccer. Like, yeah. this is a massive field, right? And there's... Yes you know, 22 people on it. And there is a lot of open grass, right? Yes. There's a lot of open space. And the best plays are often created in that open space. And, you know, I think Gretzky was famed for quoting, you know, I don't go where the puck is. I go where it's going to be, right? Exactly. And so um, we're finding out where the open space is. I told, you know, my son when he was really coming up in the junior, he actually played junior hockey out in Boston. Oh, cool. And, you know, at all these tryouts, I'm like, hey, they're watching the nine players without the puck. What exactly. they do without the ball, everyone can pass. Everyone can shoot. Everyone can control the ball at this level, puck for his case. So <laughs> all of them have skills there. It's what are all the players doing without it? Are they in position? Are they getting in position? Are they anticipating what's going to happen? Do they know and, and play the game at full speed when they don't think anybody's watching? That's exactly right. And, and I think that's how you see trends and movements happen. It's, it's not from the person necessarily with the ball, but it's the people or the puck, excuse me. It's the people beside them or on the other side of the field. One thing you mentioned, I'm a softie too. So I don't get me wrong. I struggle when I get these no's too. I actually developed a whole menu of things that I do when I get my nose and I'm like, okay, is this a, is this a ranting day? 
is this a pint of ice cream day? Is this? A, is <laughs> yeah. this a, I was going to ask you if you included coffee and cream ice cream in oh, that. Like, oh, hundred. That's my go-to. Yeah, I'm like, okay, is this a call? You know, go for a run, or you know, drain yourself physically. So, so that you know, is this a maybe just call it quits and go to sleep for the day? I yeah. have a whole menu of things that I kind of go through for when for when I get that hit in the gut. So I'm not struggling just sitting at home on the couch. I actually feel like I could be productive in the sense that I am somehow making myself feel better, <laughs> even and if by it's the way, like, What a great idea for people out listening. Like, hey, I've got a menu, a go-to of action items. And listen, watching Netflix in bed with bonbons is still an action item. Exactly. Right? It's fine. Like if that's what you think you need today, probably not the one you want to go to regularly. I like to run, weight lift, you mm -hmm. know, go take, treat myself to a dinner. Like, you know, I worked hard for this. This didn't work out. I'm okay. I'm still going to celebrate. I learned a lot. You know, like there's a lot of different things. I think it's a brilliant strategy for people out there going, Hey, how do I deal with failure? First of all, expect it. Like when we're athletes, like, you know, it's not going to work out all the time. I, I have to remind people like, can you imagine being a collegiate player, Jamie, and someone makes a bad play, they score a goal, and someone just walks off the field like, you know what, I just can't do it. I'm not going to try anymore. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying to figure this at the major leagues when you see a, a Randy Johnson or, or one of these best pitchers today, and today right. they strike you out and go, oh, it's just too hard out there, coach. I'm not going to go back for the other three <sighs> chances I got today. Like, wait, no, no, it's the first inning, bro. Uh, You're going to go for nine. Thing. And you're going to come back and get it right. Like, and just quitting on that. And so I think one of the first lessons I hear from you on this is like, hey, I'm going to have some failure and I've got some things I'm going to deal with that. And I got some ideas of how I deal because none of us like it. Mm -mm. I want to so get great. that out. Right <laughs> I'm not looking like, oh my God, I failed. This is awesome. <laughs> oh my God. Nah. So good. Now I will say, I'd love you to speak to this. I love talent. Like I love when, you know, it's funny when, when people come in, they're like, man, we got this major problem. First of all, cut them off right there. Like, I don't even believe in problems because that's not motivating anybody. Like if you want motivated people, if I tell Jamie Middleman, I got a challenge, the shoulders, come up, <laughs> he leans in like, what kind of challenge you need help with? Like, because exactly. you are one of those persons who's like, I'm in, let's fix it. Let's get at it. Let's get some right. solutions. Right. <laughs> and so when you have a team of winners around you, like you do with these seven, you got a challenge. They all perk up and get in. Right. So I get excited with a challenge. I get excited with a no. I get excited with that because this is the chance we're all going to get better. 100%. I was having a conversation with Anson Dorrance. And for, for those who are not from the soccer world, Anson is the UNC University of North Carolina coach. He's been the head coach forever. He was the national team coach. And I was interviewing him on behalf of Michelle Akers, who is FIFA player of the century, commonly yeah. known as the goat of soccer. And, Did, and Michelle played for him? Yes, yes, on the yeah. national team. She yep. actually went to Florida over UNC for college after he recruited her and was totally heartbroken. But the point that Anson made about Michelle, which is what, you know, I'm still struggling with this, but I'm, I'm trying to, to get better at is she would always ask for feedback. Here's a player who he described as someone without flaws. And she would say, Coach Dorrance, what can I do better? And then he would come up with something and she would say, okay, got it. And then go and do it. And not taking feedback in a personal manner, but really yeah. viewing it as an opportunity. So that's something I'm working on. I do think I'm making steps towards it, but 
exactly to your point, you know, viewing it not as something personal, but rather a challenge and an opportunity. Yeah, I love that. You know, I love the idea that feedback is a gift. Totally. Right. And, you know, for the highest level of pro sports, you come together in this hyper learning environment. And not only do you have the best players, but you have the best coaches too. Coaches. And so you've got all these people with knowledge and they've, they've been coached by the best too. And so it's just coming in at this hyper. So you get a lot that can check their ego at the door. I'm not saying everybody, but most check their ego at the door and you come together as a team. Now, individually, you kind of go back out there. Everyone's got their level of confidence, right? right. And that may come off a little arrogant sometimes, but you know, it's a confidence game. You, mm -hmm. you better believe in yourself and the feedback is the absolute gift. You're like, wow, you've got all this knowledge and you're willing to give it Thank to you. me. Mm -hmm. Like, amen, sister. Like, I want all of it. Like, totally. I'm ready. And let me stop what I'm doing so I can take some notes, be ready from what you see, because your experience has dictated that I respect that. I honor it. And, you know, for the folks who close that off, that's a career stopper like on the 400 level. It's true. I mean, to be honest, the, the worst reaction I get is not feedback. It's actually no reaction because to me, that means someone doesn't care. They're not mm -hmm. invested. Even if someone has a really strong negative reaction to me, I view that as better than someone who's just not engaged. Wow. Because if, if they're just, that, that means they took the time. They gave you the grace and, and the, the mental and emotional faculties to actually listen to me, which is something that, I think is better than someone just brushing you off. That yeah. means they don't care. Yeah, that is so, you know, I've never heard that said before, Jamie, you know, and it's funny because people think like, and we see this now on the sidelines in games, right? The camera picks us up, like the coach says something and the athlete's like, <laughs> you know, all like, oh, wow. Well, the coach and the player got an argument on the sideline. Right. Yeah, the coach gave him some feedback and the player didn't like it. <laughs> Didn't say it was right or wrong. Just didn't like it. Like, right. but, but they are processing that. Like, of course, I'm not trying to throw an interception. Of course, I'm not trying to turn over the ball in front of our own net. You know, like I am not trying to error here. No. I'm, I'm working on something and it didn't work. And the visceral reaction is part of that. Yes, I heard you. I'm as upset and disappointed as you are. And it's hard not to be emotional about that in the moment. But to your point, as a coach, the meh reaction is, you know, if you, you don't get care. The, <laughs> I got to tell you, you remember when everyone used to say, yeah, whatever. Yes. Whatever. Uh -huh. Drove me crazy. Oh, man. I got on that kick for a minute for about a year. And I remember kind of being flippant. And I had, come across as chill, as relaxed. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm, sure. I'm an intense guy. And I thought, hey, you know, I'm, I'm just an energy guy, right? Oh, and nice. I felt like I needed to just be more, you know, <laughs> be more in the middle, right? And I uh -huh. thought, yeah, all right, whatever. You know, and so this coach pulled me aside one day and it was really interesting. He's a, he's a, he's a deep thinker and I really loved him and great dude, great guy coach. And he was like, Hey, you know, when you say whatever to me, you're just saying F you. Yes. And I was like, no, I'm not. No, I would never say that to you. I respect you. Blah, blah. He goes, yeah, that's what you're saying. like. And wow. I was like, Oh my gosh, the flippant, like I would never verbalize those words. Right. Out of respect. Wasn't brought up that way. Blah, right. blah, blah. Now, 
again, maybe in a heated battle. I don't know. You know we're about right. fighting. I don't know, but not my go-to. Right. And so I just thought like, man, that is the last of right. the impressions I want to give. And man, I spent three, four days deep thinking about the times, the moments. How do I say that? And I'm like, I know exactly how that could be perceived that way now. And I don't believe he's exactly right, but I don't think he's far off. Right. And I was like, guess what? That stops now. That's not me. And I don't want to be that guy. And I don't think, you know, I've used that for 15, 20 years. Yeah, whatever. No, just kidding. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah no, I, I understand. I probably wouldn't take it as a as an F you, but I understand the sentiment behind that. You know, it's, it's interesting because I am also a very intense person. I know how to turn it on and turn it off, but there are certain things that are culturally supported or people are saying that kind of become embraced and we forget to kind of filter them through our own internal radar and say, what does this actually mean? And if you say, yeah, whatever, or sure, it's, it's kind of just go with the flow. You're not really showing where you stand on something yourself. Yeah. And and I think what I try to do, and I am not perfect by the, on this by any means, is anytime that I'm like agreeing to something, to actually put a stake in the ground, not to be super wishy-washy, but to know where who I am and what I'm committing to. That's a great term for anybody out there listening. You know, as a coach, if I say, hey, Jamie, I really need you to work on this level of leg strength. And you say, you know, coach, I heard you. Got it. And I'm going to start getting in. I'm going to work on my crossover and my walking lunges and some box work. And I'm going to be doing that twice a week for the next month. And I'd like you to monitor and see how you think I'm progressing. And can we review that in four weeks? Exactly. And I'm like, amen, sister. I'm all over and I'll be there right there. If you need me to get in with you, I'll do the work alongside because I'm here to support you. That's my job is to help exactly. you get better. And I appreciate your commitment. If you give me the, hmm, yeah, all right. Oh, I should get my legs better. Okay, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. And give me the, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I hear that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, what what we consider the non-coachable is yeah, but. Yeah, but. Uh, oh, yeah, but, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I can't really do legs in season. Yeah, but uh, my dad says I'll be slow if I do too much leg work. Yeah, but my former high school coach told me that my legs were already too big for my body. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? It's like, true. what are you talking about? Yeah, but so if you give the yeah, 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 whatever, or the yeah, but, you know, I get about three of those and I don't think you're coaching. Right. One thing I like to do, and I, I have to still check myself on this, is when I want to give a yeah, but is to frame it differently and to be like, okay, do I have a question that I need clarity from a guiding figure in my life, aka my coach, or yeah. am I trying to make an excuse? So if I, if I need clarity, I'll be like, hey, Trent, like, that's a really good point. I need to improve my legs. I've heard that if I bulk up my legs too much, it may slow me down. Do you agree with that? Is that true? As opposed to coming in with a defensive, oh, yes, but this. How about you actually yeah. fact check the assumption? So, so that's something that I've tried to do. And it also makes you more coachable because it shows that you hear them, you acknowledge their point, but you're trying to look for some guidance on something that is well within your domain. Well, I, I think that's, you know, probably a little bit of lending to your media background, right? Like, I got to get this sure. right. I got one chance to do <laughs> yeah. the story and I want to make this on point. And, but that's brilliant, Jamie, <laughs> for advice for people out there, because I'm not here like in a, in a situation of this autonomous, uh, what's the word, autocratic relationship where it's like, Jamie, no, I told you, you got to do legs <laughs> twice a week. Like, yeah. 
Let's have a conversation about that. I think that could be a legitimate concern. So what are, what are we doing about that? Let's keep our rep range from here to here. I really want you to really work on increasing your uptake and your water load because you're right. We can't hold water and anything on the lower level. And the work is going to be now extra calories. And I can see easily, if you don't get it, we're going to gain that mass that you don't want. And it could feasibly do it. So we got to do it the right way. I think you're really thoughtful about this. Like now we're having a great conversation about how we're all getting better. And like, man, I could tell you from a coach that the the real power, Jamie, is you and I having a conversation in two Mm -hmm. and a half minutes about that. The one thing that an athlete probably doesn't understand, and I, I battle this my entire world, right? I've coached thousands of athletes and they come up to me and see me in cities like, hey, TC, what's going on? <laughs> Remember when we were and I'm like, ah, like, like I was one of 10, your coaches, you know, one of your 10 and you were one of my 7,000 athletes, oh. you know, like <laughs> it's so the time factor of how quickly we can get this. I do want to get better and I do want to spend this one-on-one time. And sometimes you got to pick your spots to have a deeper conversation. That's true. Like mid-game, 10 mm-hmm. minutes left in the game, and the coach is kind of giving you instructions, and you want to go to the sidelines and debate it? Not no. the time, right? <laughs> Bus ride home, like, hey, I want to I want to drive in a little deeper this, and I want to make get clarity around what you really need from me so I hit the mark and what it would look like for me to be better. Like maybe those KPIs, like are we talking about dropping five pounds? Are we talking about being able to squat 30 more pounds? What do you think really matters in this that I'll know, hey, I've got to where you think I need to be. Exactly. And, and you know, sometimes when I've, I've done that little check, I've caught myself and I'm just like, no, I'm actually just being lazy. My yes, but was not coming from a place of disagreeing on the facts with my coach. I was searching for an out and I blamed it on something else. So that, that's been a good filter for me because it's, it's reality checked when I need to hold myself accountable and be like, no, Jamie, actually, if you want to improve, you got to actually do this. You got to actually put in the work. Don't blame it on X, Y, or Z reason. It's on you. Wow. <laughs> Powerful stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, here's what we're really good at, right? Winners find a way. Winners, when shown data, they're losing, find a way to win. And there are four losing behaviors, right? Hmm. Excuses, blame. There is quitting, right? That's a big one. Yep. And then there's ignoring the data, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Now, what I have become an absolute expert at, Jamie is seeing everybody else's losing behaviors, uh-huh. right? Like I see like, oh my gosh, did Jamie just make an excuse? Oh, I got to talk to Jamie about this. <laughs> I, what you've taken this to the next level and probably why Jamie's one of the best in the world, right? Is for all of you out there, like Jamie takes it to a next level because she can self-monitor a losing behavior. Before. And that doesn't mean hmm. that she never shows a losing behavior. It doesn't mean that Trent doesn't jack it up, right? right. But like, Hey, I realize, am I supposed to be doing this or am I just making excuses here? Yep. Is it, am I responsible and blaming others right now? Because is it really my responsibility? Because I don't know if there's a lower quality of a leader who has a responsibility and then blames a bunch of other people when they don't meet their responsibility. Exactly. And I, you know, I realized when I kind of went out on my own that at companies before I had seen executives passing the buck. And I did not want to do that. Yeah, I did not want to do that. And I, I think it starts with yourself. And that behavior goes well beyond sports to being in a professional setting, to being a good friend. It goes to all aspects of life. That I was like, you know, I think I need to own my shot. My excuse me, I don't know if I'm allowed to say yeah, that. Yeah, own yeah. my stuff, if you will. Yeah, thanks. 
there you go. Yeah, I have, yeah. Own, I have to own my behavior. And part of that means looking in the mirror and seeing parts that I don't like to. Well, don't you feel like you learned that on the pitch and in your other sports? Like, hey, when I didn't prep, you know, you played soccer, basketball and softball. Was that it? Uh, ski racing and track. Of course. There we go. So <laughs> ski race, individual sport, right? Yep. Track, right? But that's team sport. You, yep. know, you know, all points count, right? And so all individual sports still end up as team sports. Totally. At some level, right? And so I love for athletes at any level to get into an individual sport. Like there's a level of self-accountability that everybody needs to understand because responsibility, self-discipline are the big two takeaways that you get with it. Mm -hmm. And so I just think it's so valued. But being able to tell my team whether I was not prepared, didn't get enough rest, didn't get hydrated and shortchanged a relay, like, hey, team, I'm responsible. I was not ready to go. I erred. I think I made a mistake and I didn't load right. I didn't bring my best today and I'm responsible for us taking second today. And I want yeah. everybody to know it won't happen again. I mean, there is so much value. And by the way, we can't hide it, especially no, in knows. track. <laughs> There's splits, man. Like everyone knows the yes. numbers and the numbers don't lie. Like, oh, hey, here's my PR and you're a minute and a half off it. Like, you know, like we know what you're capable of exactly. and you know when you're at today. Let's take responsibility why that is, right? Because exactly. we have an expectation you're going to be near that all the time. It's true. And it's it's not fun. And it's something that, you know, you have to kind of, it's not fun to admit to people that, that you dropped the ball or that you fell yeah. short. Like that's not a good feeling. But I think what I have found is that people respect you more. They trust you more. They feel more confident with you on their team and even leading them because they know you're going to own things. And, and if you don't bring something up, they're going to trust you got it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's the athlete that understands the pain exchange, right? The yeah. pain exchange <laughs> for, hey, I was disciplined. I got to bed. I did my water hydration. I got loaded on my carbs. I got ready for the track meet this weekend. I knew I could be my best. And I understood the pain and discipline that took while doing my classwork, while in that, and not, you know, my teammate who doesn't understand that who decides like, hey, I didn't really get this. I got to do this project Friday night. I'm going to be up till three in the morning and eating Cheetos all night. And then on Saturday afternoon, kibosh on the whole track meet because it goes to heck in a handbasket, right? And then goes, yeah. man, I, I so regret not being organized and the pain of defeat and the chronic pain of regret of not being able to make states to regionals. The thing that we could have done, I'd have just understood the pain exchange. Right. That's exactly right. And I think bringing it back to my dad, that was one of those things that after losing him, I was like, you know, I don't want to have any regret. He was very much the type of person probably lived in the moment more than anyone. And but he died at 62. And I was like, life is short. Yeah. We do not have that long and that much time to keep putting things off that I need to go for what I want right now. And frankly, own everything that I can. And fine, if I fall short, at least I've gone for it. Yeah. And I mean, listen, my guess is that, you know, I'm a 53 year old guy. I'm not that far off your father, you know, and man, you know, that's a, it's, it's humbling to think like, man, I've got a lot of big plans and a lot of things I want to do. And I have five children, right. And a grandson, like nine years, man, my grandson won't even be 10. Right. So it's like that, that's humbling to even think about. But at our age, I have plenty of, yeah. and man, I understand the pain exchange. 
And I'm not interested in having more. More? <laughs> like I've already felt them. I got to learn from that and be like, hey, if I don't do the discipline, I know how it works. Like I'm going to get the pain one way or another. Come you know? <laughs> I want to choose the acute one, right? The one of discipline. And man, I just think that self-monitoring that you have, Jamie, just a lot of great lessons for everybody today about you know, understanding the big three, big three, surrounding mm -hmm. yourself with a great team, understanding the blank space and opportunities and no's not forever. Right? No's not a terrible thing. Being open to feedback. So important. When you get a no, having a coping and strategy around failure and setback. That's to be expected when you're going through big things like Jamie Middleman you're going to have some setbacks, right? Yeah, this is traditionally, the best in the world go five steps up, one step back because they're willing to push the limit. No one's running up the stairs 20 steps with no steps back because they're pushing the limit. Now, if your organization is going three steps up and four steps back, you're right. not going very far. You're yeah. losing, right? And I tell you what, when the company goes up against Jamie Middleman, and she's her and her group are going five and one and you're going three, two, three, two, three, two, three, two. <laughs> Listen, it's not going to take but a couple quarters. She's going to be so far ahead of you. <laughs> the you. best organizations get that. And so that self-monitorization is so great. And the story of Michelle Akers and the value of feedback and one of the best in the world showing how much she values and cares for that information. No matter how she gets, she gets she's still craving it asking for it. Brilliant. Wow. Just a lot of great stuff. And I think your point on clarity hmm. and asking for that and getting that is one every person can learn from leadership to right down to the beginning of the start of what you want to do. Clarity gets us moving in the right with efficiency. And that's a big deal. Totally. And, and I, I actually asked for it for people surrounding me in different ways. So I, I mentioned my boyfriend before, the wrestler, and I ask him about things he knows nothing about, but I ask him for feedback because I think he's a really smart person. And yeah. it doesn't matter if he doesn't have a background in media and communications because he is very insightful. And I think asking for feedback from just different sources is important too, not just your coach, but who's the person beside you or below you who, who can provide a 360 on you that may show you a blind spot that you'd previously ignored. Yeah, it's, it's the power of humanity and diversity of experiences, right? Not just we think diversity, color, gender, like that's, those are just two minor facts and they're significant, but they're, but they're just two of many economic experience of geographic, you know, you being a Boston girl is very different from my life growing up in Michigan. Right. Very different. This is a very different culture and that's okay. It's just different. And so when you ask people to bring and check things out from their lens, what value you get because they don't see it like you see it. it it's not right or wrong. It's just different. It's just different. And it's, it's okay. Different. It's just different. Love it. <laughs> All right. Jamie Middleman. Jamie, is there ever, last thing I want to finish, you know, two things. Is there one thing like, you know, a lot of people, it's it's tough out there right now. I don't know. I, I don't know what the media is selling, but I see a lot of issues right now out in the business market. I see yep. a lot of issues out in the athletic market. You see a lot of social crises out all over the place. Totally. There's a lot of things going on. If someone's going through that challenge today, they feel like, hey, they're playing the game and they're not winning. They're losing and they need to find a way. What's uh, one thing that you'd tell them is probably something, hey, you got to consider this to get back right. That's a great question. The first thing that I would say, and this is probably not an answer they want to hear, 
is make sure you're playing the right game. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of times people are playing a game and they just assume it's the right game for them. I'd say take a good hard look at the mirror and make sure that you intentionally opted into the right game. Yeah. And then if you're like, yes, this is where I want to be. This is my calling. I, you know, this is what I'm going for. Then I would do a, I would talk to people around you and ask them. I'm assuming at this point you've already done the, you know, the problem solving, the brainstorming. SWOT analysis. The SWOT analysis, <laughs> if you will. I would talk to people who maybe didn't say yes to you, who said no to a business proposal and see if they'll give you five minutes of your time and ask them why. And, I, and the, the reason that is helpful is because these are people who maybe didn't see a fit, weren't super impressed with you. And I think those people can give you super valuable feedback that can make you better next time. Love it. Yeah. Leaning into the pain a little bit right there. Like, you know, like lean in instead of try to cover, ignore, or, or omit that data. Exactly. They said no for a reason. Let's find out why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if we know why, we could probably resolve it, right? Exactly. Hopefully. That's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. Well, I love it. Jamie, do you have a quote like when you're feeling like, uh, you know, on your list of go-tos after a failure, do you have a saying or a quote, biblical verse, something that like grounds you and says like, man, I love this. It levels me out. You know, I don't. And I think I need to have one. So after <laughs> this, I'm going to go. Sur- I, I feel like I, that's probably not something I should be searching for. You know, this is kind of silly. I used to have a Dr. Seuss quote on my wall when I was younger. It says, be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind, which mm. I thought was really cool. But nothing from a professional standpoint that's really I haven't had anything on my wall in 20 plus years. So that, that I don't know fun. if that's not professional <laughs> today, right? Like, I don't know that some of the people have to get over the fact like, yeah. yeah, they were a potential client and now they're not. They said no. And do they matter? Not in the grand scheme of things. Like my right. life's not going to be different because this client <laughs> didn't choose us and, and maybe knows not forever. But, uh, you know, a lot of truth in Dr. Seuss. I like that. Yeah. But if you want to use winners, find a way. You're welcome to use that until you find, you know, you know. You're never <laughs> perfect, perfect. You're obvious winner here, Jamie. And I know that you've uh, gone through some trials and found a way to win. So I love it. Thank you so much for everybody out there on the Winners Find a Way show. Jamie Middleman, everybody, founder mm-hmm. of flame bears check them out flamebears.com podcast flame bears that are on all the major networks i am ben clark your host of winners find a way our podcast is on all the major networks as well and our live show is every friday 12 30 p.m eastern 9 30 a.m pacific linkedin live facebook live and the leadership youtube channel so come check it out and until next time for me and jamie milton and jamie real quick tell them where they can find you uh flamebears.com or flamebears on apple podcast spotify or any of the major networks your email is jamie at flamebears.com you got it reach out to me if you like what we're doing i would love to hear from you yes reach out to jamie milton all right everybody oh, thank you we'll see jamie you next week spelled the right way j-a-m-i-e i know there's some confusion on that <laughs> yeah yeah if they, if they don't see this on this you better find it right jamie <laughs> at flamebearers.com. a girl. All right. Until next time, we'll see you then. Need to hydrate but tired of plain old water? You need Rebellious Infusions. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. 10 organic flavors and convenient liquid packets. Just add 16 ounces and you are on your way. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off your next purchase, use the code 99999. 
If you are a business or organization leader and want expert advice, coaching, and guidance to help you build your team to be the best, then email Trent directly at Trent at leadershipity.com or connect with him at Trent M. Clark on LinkedIn.